the day. Welcome to Shepherd the Sheep podcast. On today's podcast, the pastors of Cornerstone will be discussing missionaries and what it means for a church to be involved in missions. Today, welcome to Shepherd the Sheep podcast. This is Jason Vaughn with Gino Galermo and special guest Matt Kopp, missionary in Malawi, vo- joining us live uh, in studio for today's podcast, where we are going to be discussing missions. Gino, Min, say hello. Hey, Matt. Welcome to the studio and hello, Cornerstone. Thanks, yeah. everybody. Great yeah. to be here. Yeah, we're, we're glad you're here, man. Uh, it's going to be really good, really exciting, uh, very important discussion uh, on missionaries and missions. And, and so, uh, just really probably a very important discussion to have for the local church. And so if you've not tuned into this podcast before, just, just remember we, we are a podcast dedicated to helping you be a churchman. And what we understand is that God has equipped you to be a part of a church. He specifically gifted you. And so as churchmen, we have the responsibility of adopting and integrating and understanding what ministry is, what the local ministry is, what it means to make disciples, uh, and the duties and responsibilities of every churchman. And one of those duties and responsibilities, right, in Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, to go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. And so that instantly tells us that though our local church is very important, that we have that we need to have a mindset too that is not just looking internally at the local church, but is also looking abroad at other missions and other churches around the world. And so here at Cornerstone, we have a couple missionaries that we support full time. And we are also looking to add other missionaries. And so because we understand it's responsible of a local church to, to really to help what we call missions. But I'd kind of like to define that a little bit. Yes, that's a, uh really important questions because when we say the word missions, I'm sure uh, several ideas or concepts come into the mind uh, of people. So yeah, hopefully Matt can help with us with that today. Yes. Yeah. You know, Malawi is a country that has a lot of people that are there under the banner of missions work. And so, you know, what we've experienced is everything from humanitarian aid uh, in different ways. Uh, folks focused on uh, farming, orphans, widows, village ministry, Bible translation, student ministries, helping the poor, uh, and then involvement in churches as well. So very, very broad definition that we find there. Yeah, I think that's, I think probably starting here, right, with what is missions. And I know just for my own sake, the first time I ever heard missions, uh, I'll actually testify and admit to this, although it's not at first I kind of was embarrassed by it. And then later I think I realized that maybe it was um, the church, not me. And, and so, um, but the first, my first encounter with missions was these missionaries standing up uh, from other parts of the country or from other parts of the world. Uh, and so you have these African missionaries. So right, right. And right from the beginning, right. Is there's the stereotypical missionary where you're from Africa because Africa is where they do real missions work. And, um, and so these people stand up and they talk about their ministry and they talk about missions and it was a long, like it was story after story of, um, what I called like, what I felt like were my emotions were being tugged at like humanitarian stories and sad stories. And, Oh, look at these pictures and, and how sad it can be. And I actually grew to hate mission Sunday because we didn't worship the Lord. And I kept thinking like, wow, what kind of a guy am I? Uh, but all I thought of, these are people that go to other countries, right? The missions has to be other countries. It's usually very individual centered and they just help people like with the problems of life. And what I, once I learned that's not what missions is, then it was kind of like, wow, okay. That was another evidence that I was in the wrong kind of church um, because of the kind of missionaries they were supporting was again, a testimony to where their heart and ministry was at. 
But quickly I learned, wow, missions is not just sending people internationally to be kind of lone wolf Christians. So what, how, how do you think we should define missions then? Oh, that's a great question. Um, well, in my mind, right, it's, it's a, a lot of it is the, what we emphasize when we do the work of missions and what that looks like. And I think, uh, and Matt, you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, at least our point of view is mis- missions really is about church planting, making disciples in the context of a local church. And what that means is we're doing the same thing locally, just on an international level with all the, um, uh, with all the different maybe hurdles that you have to jump through. So a little bit more hurdles because of the barrier, cultural barriers, language barriers, things like that. Um, what do you think about that, that definition? Yeah, no, I'd, I'd really agree with that. I mean, on the one hand, the term missionary or missions isn't something that we're getting from the New Testament itself. And so I think maybe that's part of why folks have redefined it in a lot of ways. But when we go to uh, the book of Acts, even, and you look at, you know, the Great Commission, Jason, you mentioned that before. Right. What did they do in the book of Acts to carry out the Great Commission? Well, they planted churches that planted churches that planted churches right down to you know, ultimately getting to our churches that, that, that we're at, that we're a part of today. And so I think in that sense, that, that work of missions being the spread of the local church is really the only uh, pattern and model that we find in the New Testament. So I, I would agree that that needs to be at, at the center and at the core of our understanding of missions. Not to say there might not be other things that could be involved in that, but what's core, primary, central, it's that. It's the spread of the local church. I like that. So the emphasis is making disciples and everything should flow out of that fountain, whether it's, you know, humanitarian work or anything like that. But the emphasis should always be making disciples. And as a matter of fact, I didn't, I never realized this, but I'm actually a product of a a church plant, a missionary church plant on Guam. And that church plant was a Korean church plant that was trying to reach out to the, to the local Koreans there. But I, I ended up getting saved to that, to that ministry. So, Hey, uh, I am a product of missions work. Isn't that awesome? Oh, that's great. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, really, if you think about it, we're all products of missions. That's true. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, so there's in the, in my mind, right, uh, I guess where I've kind of come into boiling down the, the definition of missions uh, is local church driven because that that's, Right. When you look at Acts, Paul's going around. He wasn't just evangelizing people and saying, good luck, have a good day. And then coming back to cities, go, whoa, you guys congregated? You know, like that letter to Titus is very indicative of, hey, be sure to get in order your local your local leadership. Get get leaders, get elders, get them established. And uh, so you have church planting. But then I think the other part of me for missions, too, that, that maybe recently has come about is I've stopped thinking of it as just uh, an international thing, right? Because we are kind of prone to go, oh, missions, that's for things we do in international waters. And I've often joked that even for some people, they don't even know that you would send missionaries to other countries. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, there are countries that send missionaries to the United States. Yes. Isn't that crazy? Yep. Yep. That's what I'm saying. I am a product of an international mission from another country. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're in Guam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Which is part of the U.S., by the way. So. Oh, it is. Yeah, where's it at? I was looking <laughs> for a little dot right under. Yeah, the, it's like a flyover. Oh well, yeah. You'll you'll. I mean, if you can even fly over it, it's yeah. Okay, it's so small. Yeah, okay. Well, you can because the air force is there, right? So yes, it is. Yeah. Fly, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you might if you blink, you'll pass it by. Basically. Yeah, that's probably yeah. Okay, so when you yeah, but uh, but often we think of uh missionary or missionary work as international. But even if you look at the new Testament, a lot of it was churches helping churches. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about Paul's journey, right? Like literally their boundaries are uh, of the countries are literally like, you know, they're all, they're all divided by these um, invisible boundaries. The United States is happens to be one country north of us is Canada. The South of us is uh, Mexico. But in between you have 50 States 48 states, 49 states, yeah. um, and we're all just divided by these invisible boundaries. And really, from state to state, you have different cultures, different you know, different hurdles to jump through when you're trying to minister to. So, it, yeah, you're right. We think about it as international um, because we're such a different 
culture in America, but even within America, we have we're so different from state to state, you know, section of the country, section of the country. So, yeah, I'm reminded every time I'm in the South, that's a different part of the country. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the same for L.A. too. you're in L.A. and you're like, wow, this is a different part of the world. Yep. That's yeah, OK. Yeah. And it's I think it's really it's, it's like a it's like a both and not an either or, you know, yes. do we reach out locally in our, our city and in our country or the world? And uh, the answer is yes. Right. Yes. We're, we're pursuing all of those at the same time, because when the church is central, we're not bounded by any one specific limitation on that. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when we think of missions, right, I think just to kind of summarize the definition there, what we're talking about is uh, we're talking about sending people to parts of the world, right, to establish churches because, and this is where that Piper line comes into play, missions exist because worship does not. And so, right, so we're, so Matt, like you went to Malawi because there's a need, there's, there is a lack of churches, basically was the assessment. And you came in and joined a group that was trying to reach people in Malawi for the gospel. Yeah. And so missions then is really the way I understand it because of the great commission in Matthew 28, 19, it's accepting the responsibility that God has given us to not only concern ourselves with the local church, but to invest in other churches around the world that need the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Is that fair? It's good. Yeah. Okay. So, but I think, right. So if you're listening to this and you've never thought about missions, the thing is like, we're, we're kind of talking but don't gloss over that reality, right? Like one, we're talking like it's got to be church centered, which means really missions and church planners are kind of the same thing in a lot of ways. But two, I mean, now you're talking about locals. And if I send Matt, where are you from originally? Originally from Spokane, Washington. Yeah. See, so, I mean, to send you to Malawi is, is a little different. Yeah. Just, just a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> right. But, but the, the one common thing I've heard in talking to missionaries is every missionary says, you know, I get there and I kind of re- get reminded pretty quickly that I'm not like the locals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's this weird mix, right? Cause you're sending an unlocal person into a region often where that guy now has to not only usually learn the language, but learn the culture. Yep. And those differences are enough that sometimes Right. I mean, just the things you expect or the things you learn on the missions field are pretty, pretty different. Right. Pretty open. Yeah. The, the learning curve, at least for us, was pretty steep. But I think that's uh, pretty consistent for most folks that go out. Right. Yeah. Because it's uh, I mean, it's one thing for 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 me to go from like Oklahoma City to Texas. I mean, that's really I mean, as much as Oklahomans and Texans hate to say it, it's really the same part of the country. But you you imagine uprooting, you know, and even the language differences, there's a logic in every language I've learned. And sometimes the logic of the English language is not the same logic of a different language. And so when you learn that language, you sometimes have to kind of rethink. And then you realize, man, these people think, they don't think like Americans. They think like, yeah. Malawians. Or, Mala- yeah. Are they Malawians? Yeah, yeah, they okay. are. But even in, you know, even a little country like Malawi, even there, you realize you're working with so many different tribes uh, right. and people groups that are there. So, yeah, there's a lot to, to learn. Man, man. Right. I, I can't help but think about uh, our conversation of expectations in ministry. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, so the divide becomes even greater when you're dealing with a different country with completely different historical backgrounds. Right. Uh, the, the hurdle just becomes much higher, requires more patience. Um, and just a willingness to almost uh, the, the, the level of self-denial, I imagine, is probably higher. Right. When you're going to a country like that. Yeah. Well, there's that. I mean, it really challenges your pride, too, because you start to have to look at, in a sense, everything that you do and say, am I doing this because of my culture? Was this my background or am I doing this because it's biblical? You know, is there, is there another way we can think about this or process this that's equally as biblical, but this is in a different cultural setting. So um, yeah, definitely uh, humbles us <laughs> yeah. to, to realize, you know, what's really important. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause yeah. you have to ref- keep refining, like go back to the drawing board. Okay, we're trying to do this. Now, how do we communicate this to these people? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, which to me kind of brings up an interesting question because um, 
So in thinking about kind of those hurdles, like one, there's a beauty in realizing that the gospel transcends languages and culture, right? That the spirit isn't sitting there going, hey, you know what? I just can't work with this. Like you just didn't logically deduce it the way you should have. So, but on the flip side, right? So you start to think about, man, all of those variables and difficulties of missions work. And then the next question really that maybe flows out of that is what kind of guy are you looking for when you're supporting a missionary? Right. Are you now looking for, right. I mean, do you see how like Mm -hmm. you almost, yeah. So. Yeah, that's, that's an important question because I, you know, um, I think over the years it it just, you've, you've said this many times on the pulpit as we pray for uh, the missionaries we do support, like if they'd be in our church, you know, they would be, they'd be totally uh, on board with everything we're doing because we're like-minded with them already. Right. In, in, in the, uh, what the church is trying to accomplish locally or, or internationally. Yes. So the, the guy does matter. Yeah. Again, what, what your, your target or your goal is, is going to have a real impact on who you want to send over there to try and, uh, and accomplish that. Right. I think it's interesting. Um, you know, a lot of times, and I don't know if this is particularly American or Western, but we viewed missions as a volunteer endeavor that we're looking for those guys that, that are sort of signing themselves up to go. And I don't, you ever want to discount, you know, that desire that's there. But I think a lot of times we've missed the fact that if we're going to be establishing the church and strengthening the church, that it needs to be coming from men who are really already doing that, you know, in the local church here. Uh-huh. Even when you look at like Acts 13, it wasn't volunteers, right? You know, the, the spirit is leading a, the church there to set apart some of its own leaders that were already functioning in ministry. I mean, they had the apostle Paul, you know, called on staff, if you will, at their church in Antioch. And yet that's, those are the kind of guys that they're then sending out as the guys that are already doing the work faithfully, you know, with a proven ministry, you know, locally, that then they're sending those guys out to reproduce that uh, globally. Is that why you mentioned like, you know, in your mind, it's it's sometimes you think, gosh, a missionary has to be a little bit older. What, what did you mean by that earlier? Or was that supposed to be off the record only? <laughs> well, maybe maybe just hold on one second, oh, okay. because I think like, right. So kind of in thinking about missions and then putting together the or kind of realizing some of the hurdles that exist in missions. So we kind of asked the question, what are you looking for in a missionary? And what I think is funny is it was kind of a loaded question, because on the one hand, if you try to answer, well, what do we look for in emissions by trying to solve those specific problems, you haven't necessarily actually sent the right guy, right? You send somebody who can maybe be like Jason Bourne and blend in with the culture and like, you know, nobody knows he's a, he's an expat and nobody knows he's from America. You know, that doesn't actually make him a missionary. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's funny that both of you kind of were like, okay, well, no, like we got to turn this into a little bit about like, wait a minute, can this guy be what the mission's about, right? I think that I, I think that's kind of the answer, right? I mean, the reality is the Spirit's going to do what he's doing. So you need a guy that's, right, that's committed to, one, the gospel, two, to the local church, three, to being faithful to everything that God has called a local church to be faithful to. Yep. And then, right, you got to have some kind of humility because you just got, I mean— you know, but I think I think it's really the same for us. I mean, the last thing you want to do is manipulate somebody into your church, yep. and then because the second you manipulate them into the church, you got to keep them here by manipulation. Which, of course, then there's no integrity in what you do. So it's interesting to me that both you kind of flipped that on its head and said, "Wait a minute." So what we're saying is we need to look for churchmen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then what? What? So, um, like, give me the the YouTube video for that. What what kind of churchmen are we looking for? Does it? You know, I know we've said in Cornerstone quite a bit that this guy really needs to be, um, right, you would hope that this guy could be a pastor in Cornerstone. Yeah. Which means he's got to be, which means, right, he's got to be like-minded. So for us, he's got to be elder qualified. Yep. Uh, he has to be above reproach in character. He's got to be able to teach. Uh, he's He's got to consider the local church important. Uh, the last thing I want to do, is, and I'm not saying there's no place for those kind of missionaries, but my preference on missionaries would be a local churchman. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And maybe even you might say priority might be, you know, sometimes I think where the church gets off, like that should be our priority. Yeah. Okay. Like those kind of guys. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I think you're right. When we see local churchmen, they're they're committed to that 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 church in that area, or or at least building a local church, uh, establishing leaders. You know, I mean, maybe for the goal, you know, to minister because that 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 church is going to be the engine of discipleship. Yes, going forward, you yes. know, for many years. So that's what we're trying to do, and that church is that's why that church is so important, right? It's not just oh local church, but like the Bible designed local churches to be the engine of disciple making. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think you want to see him doing it here, right? Is he a part of our church? Does he fit in? Does he minister? Does he serve? You know, if he's got a real evangelistic bent, we're going to be sending him that way. Is is he doing that, even leading the church, you know, and, and how to do that here? Like, are we seeing and affirming all of that in his life? Um, Yeah. Yeah. So that, 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 that then brings up the point you made earlier, which I think is a really good one, right? So, um, is he experienced enough to do that? And that, that honestly is a really good point because uh, you think even in America, they often send church planners, young guys who don't really know anything. And you, it's kind of like, well, what are you, what are you building the church off? Are you building off some kind of young charismatic, you know, uh, or his charisma, you know, or are you building a, are you using a guy that's got some wisdom and experience? Right. And so, yeah, I mean, what, what's, there's actually almost sounds like some wisdom for looking for seasoned veterans before you send them to the missions field. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, we never would want to discourage young men who have a heart for missions, like praise the Lord for that, but to help them see that the path there is not how quickly can I get overseas? But I think the better question is how best can we equip you here in that zeal and prepare you so that then once you are, you know, a bit more seasoned, we can be sending you over there because if they're not going to be able to pastor a church here in America in their own culture, their own setting, if they're going to struggle with that, you're going to put them overseas where you're going to complicate all of those issues. Wow. You know, it's going to be tough. Man, that's a great observation. Absolutely. Yeah, if they're struggling here, uh, what makes you think they're going to be successful with more challenges? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I'd layer into that too is that if the center is the local church and you look even again what, what like Paul and Barnabas did on that first missionary journey where they're establishing elders, that means that ultimately that's what that church planter, that's what that missionary is going to need to look to do. And so if he's not himself a proven qualified elder who has been in that sense, you know, raised up in some way that way, how's he going to be able to then turn around in another culture and setting to then train up men who are elder qualified, you know, and have been then, you know, instructed and taught and how to, to lead the church for, you know, the conceivable future of how long that church is going to go. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. That's a really good point. Uh, that's one of those. I don't think I thought about till today. This is really, really good. Really helpful. Some of it's, uh, you know, things that we've been forced to think about by some of my own (laughs) weaknesses that quickly come out. You realize, wow. Yeah. Wow. Right. Which is why we have you here. (laughs) So why why we were like, we, we need when Matt, Matt's like, yeah, I'll do this. It's like sweet. Yeah. So, um, so if I'm kind of taking, if I'm taking assessment, right? So now, now the task of looking for a missionary mainly becomes a little bit more difficult because, right? I mean, this is one of those hard, and if you don't know the guy, then you, then you have a barrier of, I don't know this guy. And so it, that's, that's one of those where ideally, right? That's why your church is a sending church, even for missionaries, because then you know the guy. Yep. But the reality is usually that guy has to um, uh, partner with other churches as well, right? Because my guess is no missionary is out there supported only by one church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It hasn't been our experience. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know anybody. I mean, uh, there's probably somebody out there. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, at that point, though, like if you – so if, you know, let's say what do you, what do you maybe look for in investigating a missionary? let's say you're looking to adopt a missionary. Is this one of those cases where it's probably beneficial? Not only, I mean, the thing is you invite a guy out for a weekend, you know, and the, the reality is you can kind of go, man, I mean, anybody can put on a face for a weekend. So how do you, how do you kind of vet them beyond that? It's mm, a great question. Yeah. So we're talking guys that are already on the field that you're looking to come and support. Yeah. As a church? Or maybe guys that kind of want to go on the field. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I think, um, a lot of it is you do want to try and hear his philosophy of ministry. And so it can be difficult, especially if they're already on the field, if you're trying to work through, 
technology issues, time zones, all of that. But, yeah. you know, to get some time over time, I think just to hear from him, to hear what he's doing, what he's prioritizing, what his vision is. Um, you know, one of the things that our team has talked a lot about too is what our exit strategy is. Hmm. And so, you know, I think that would even be part of it for a guy more and more as I've thought about is what's, what's he looking at, you know, long-term, you know, what does he see the completion of his work and his role looking like over there? Um, so yeah, I think some of those things would, you know, would be helpful. I think you really do get down to a philosophy discussion, you know, on a lot of it just to hear, you know, how's he going to go about doing it? And then, you know, the other question that I would always be asking is, well, who's your sending church, you know, and, and what do they think? And then I would want to talk to their sending church as well. Um, you know, I think a lot of times we can sort of, we, we cut out the, you know, well, we don't actually, we cut out them. We just go to the middleman. We just ask the guy, (laughs) you know, and and we hear from him, but I I would love to hear from his sending church and, you know, are they going to be on board? We've been really blessed in our situation where our churches all know each other that support us. And that's Mm -hmm. awesome, you know, to know that those guys have the same vision and philosophy, you know, for missions. So we'd want to know, are, you know, if we're partnering with them, we're doing this as a team of churches. Are we all on board? Are we all pulling the same direction? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's good because I think that's even helpful, right? One, almost like one of the things you first do is you, uh, you're not only vetting the person, you're vetting the sending church. Yeah, which I mean, right? I mean, honestly, there are some churches out there where you, you could even vet pretty quickly. You go look at their website and you listen to one sermon, and you can quickly realize, hey, this is not a church that's probably on the same page with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but the joy of having a—I think this is where, you know, for me, it's a difficult line because I don't—I don't really like to step into other churches' lane and tell them how to do things. But also just kind of being aware of what points to look for in other churches when evaluating, right? So where, you know, everybody says they believe that Scripture is God's word. Uh, I mean, even the seeker-sensitive churches say that. Uh, but none of us would send our clo- none of us would would feel comfortable sending a loved one to those churches, mm. you know, because it's like, well, we're, we're really we we hear what they say, you know, on paper, but nobody at the church has actually ever experienced it. And so I think that's where it becomes important to be able to, to really, really what we're saying is in order to evaluate a good churchman, you really have to know what the church is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so like step one is know, know they're sending church. Yeah. So if they're sending churches like way off in, in philosophy, ministry, gospel, it's like, okay, this guy was sent by this church, probably reflects the same kind of philosophy and teaching and all that right yes and then secondly uh, i would imagine that's all good you at that point you almost reach out to them like hey we're thinking about this guy that you sent how's he doing what's he you know what's what's he like and things like that i don't know yeah and i you know as we're talking i'd say maybe i would throw in one caveat of you know we've known folks that their sending church has gone through a leadership change or some massive oh, sure. shift over yeah. the time they've been on the field. And so, you know, it's not a, always a guarantee that they're going to be in the exact same spot as their sending church. But, That's true. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I just, you know, throw those little caveats yeah. in there. Yeah. But. I think it's a good point. I think, right. And that, which is bringing up one, you've got to have some kind of ecclesiology to evaluate yeah. what's being, what, what we're looking at. Right. So, I mean, you look at your missionaries and you look at their sending church and there's, there's some kind of an evaluation of each, but then at the same token, right, this is where wisdom comes into play because you've got to be wise enough to, to ask the questions and even, even wise enough to maybe even ask what tough questions, right? Some tough questions. And so, you know, even in evaluating missionaries, tough questions aren't necessarily offensive. No. They're good because man, if you don't ask the tough question, Right, like you said, you let's say you know you look at somebody. Oh, this their sending church. That's not very good, and you don't realize that that sending church had a church split, and all the good leaders were booted out. You know, three months ago, and you know all the bad leaders are there, and and you know they don't even know what missions is. Yep, yep. They just know their secretary writes a check, and you know they're going, "Why are we doing this?" Well, again, you you as a potential supporter are going to miss out on that. So. And that may be one of the missionaries that's in great need of support, especially on the financial end, because they may be, you know, getting the, the rug pulled out from under them potentially. Right. 
Now, I don't know sure if you're aware of Curtis Thomas's book, Life in the Body of Christ. This is this is actually one of the reasons why when people come to me and say, what's one book I need to read on the church? I always say Curtis Thomas's Life in the Body of Christ. He has a phenomenal section in there on uh, missionaries and what questions to ask missionaries and what to look for in missionaries. In fact, one of his questions to ask is, do you, what's your exit strategy? Hmm. You know, and which I think is a very fair question to ask, right? How long do you plan on being there? And do you plan on leaving? Yeah. 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 Cause I mean, I think, you know, if you see a guy and that's his plan as well, I just, that's my retirement, you know, I'm going to retire over there, wherever there is, you know, you kind of think, well, I'm not sure that that fits our ecclesiology. We're looking, saying, you're going to go in, you're going to, you know, be a part of Lord willing, you know, the, the building up of the church, raise up local leaders, yep. guys that will be there forever in that culture. And then, you know, you want to see guys, you know, commando style, you know, get yes. in, yep. name something a church and then get out as fast as possible. But yep. yeah, you don't want to see them where they're just going to be forever dependent on the American missionary. Well, this, that's an interesting, that brings up an interesting point because um, I, I imagine let's, there's two different scenarios. One, you send a a church planter to plant another local church domestically, yeah. you could see that guy being there forever. Yep. Um, you send a guy internationally, um, you know, in your case, Africa, almost two different worlds. Um, is it possible that, that the guy can become local at some point or is it in, in, in your, in your thinking, like, how do you think through that? Like, can, can someone actually be like, you know what? I want to be local. I want to be, uh, I want to be a citizen here. I want, I love these people. This is kind of, this is my home now. Can, can, is that possible? Or is that, a, is that an option as well? You know, I think it's going to vary a lot, probably from culture to culture, situation to situation. And I would even say, you know, in some cases for inroads to the gospel may take an incredibly long time, you know, before you're ever talking about, the church, you know, just the evangelism side, you know, might take a very, very, very long time. So we never want to just judge time-wise. But, yeah, on the back end, like how long would they be there? Usually, and my experience is, is, is minimal with this, but in general, you know, we know missionaries, even they've been on the field for decades, that you're always wrestling with paperwork because you've got two countries' governments that you're trying to, you know, to fit with and work with. And so you're talking visas and permanent residency and, taxes and then you know eventually one day guys get old enough they're talking about retirement are they a part of that in a foreign country or where are they going to be and so you know I, I certainly wouldn't say that it's it would be impossible I think some situations could be a whole lot more difficult you know what we've kind of been told for example in Malawi is that you're not really going to have westerners who in the end will ever be considered a part of the culture you know you may be a permanent resident there but there will just forever you know, be, be a difference might be a bit different in a, in European setting mm -hmm. or something like that. But maybe what I would think is to a certain degree too, though, is, is if we're really talking missions, I think if that guy goes and settles and, and the church is truly established and he's going to be a long time pastor or elder, I don't think I'd call him a missionary anymore. Mm. I'd call him a pastor or yeah. an elder of that church. And I think at that point, the church should probably just take over, mm -hmm. you know, his, his support. And, and then, you know, you could go on that way. Yeah. And I'd, so maybe that's the, the caveat that I'd put in there. If that's someone's plan with that. Okay. That's a really good point. So in, in that case, right. Cause I think there's a guy in South Africa who did that. It was a missionary. I'm not sure if he's still labeled as a missionary. It's not. Yeah. Because at some point that was his home and he was like, well, I'm going to die here. And they welcomed him as a pastor and they can support him full time. And he was like, I'm not entirely sure why I'm still going back to America. Yep. Three months a year. Yeah. But yeah. Cause at that point it's detracting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a good point. Right. So transition basically. Right. Oh, and, and just, just for, for those who maybe aren't aware, right. If you come in as a missionary with the goal of planning a church, Right. Ideally, like you said, a lot of times you're not even recognized to be a part of the culture. And sometimes it's just wisdom would say, hey, you want locals leading locals because they're able to navigate those cultural nuances that, that we, for the rest of our life, are going to look at and go, that's crazy. Like, you know, but that's not crazy. It's the way they think. Yep. And so, but I know this, that, that oftentimes when you pass off the leadership, one of the things that happens is that if the old leadership's there, sometimes the new leadership isn't able to serve as effective 
because even though everyone recognizes there's, there's new leadership, the old leader is still kind of the influencer. Yeah. And so rarely, I mean, every now and then there's that guy that's like, Hey, look, uh, he's the leader. Go, go. You need to listen to him now. But that's difficult when mm. you've been in the trenches somewhere for 30 or 40 years, it's not an easy, mm-hmm. right. And so it goes back to humility and I'm not saying it can't be done, but, but there is a, there is sometimes a reason why when pastors resign or step down, they leave the church. It's not because they don't love the church. It's because they, they understand that leadership transition yeah. can be difficult. Yeah. It takes like, so I think I've heard seven years to change a culture. I mean, not that you're trying to change a culture, but like, uh, I'd imagine it takes some time for people to accept you as the the guy. You yeah. Know what I mean? Yeah. And I, and sometimes we, you know, uh, I, even when I was stepped down as president of, of an organization in uh, college, I was still there my next year, my senior year and guys would come up to me the whole time the next year. Hey, what do you think about this? And I learned quickly, like to just look at him and say, you know what? He's in, he's in charge now. Go follow him. He's doing good work. Like, well, it's not the way you would do it. That's okay. Like, you know what? The, put, put your eye on the goal, not the process, right? He's not walking, he, right? He wasn't doing things shady or, or with lack of integrity, had integrity was go, just going about a way that made more sense for him. And, but, but that even taught me even in college, right? That sometimes people just are not good at recognizing that change in leadership, right? They kind of, they've endeared themselves to this one person for a long time. Yep. And so, yeah. Hmm. All right. Kind of, kind of branching a little bit off of uh, a little bit away from missions, but I think it's an important thing to think about because you are sending an outsider to a place where you hope he's an insider among insiders kind of thing. Right. Hmm. And so, uh, which, yeah, which again, I think goes back to your point if you have an experienced pastor, usually an experienced pastor is able to navigate people a little better. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes young guys um, are, in my opinion, sometimes young guys are a little too idealistic, which it's great to have ideas. It's great to have a vision. It's great to have like your little utopia kind of in your mind of, well, this is how it should be in a perfect world this is what the church looks like. But the problem is that utopia is never reality. And so you, you also need guys that can sit back and be like, well, hey, you know what? Uh, let's just get these three things organized and kind of going. And then we'll worry about, you know, um, we'll worry about, you know, who brings napkins to the potluck next time. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. All right. So when it, when we think about missionaries, right, here's the things we're kind of thinking about, uh, right. Missions is churches helping churches and then mission, you know, with missionaries, we're looking at sending the right men. And so we want churchmen, guys who are first Timothy three qualified above reproach, uh, guys who are local church centered. I think that's important. Uh, we kind of, I mean, we kind of gloss over that a little bit. We talked about why it's important, but, but just in terms like, I know for us at Cornerstone, we are not looking for, um, you know, Bob's soccer ministry, who's not a part of a local church, but, and you know, gosh, I can't tell you the amount of people I've run into this through, through a place in Oklahoma where, yeah, you know, Scotty's soccer camp. And, and you're like, wait, is this a missionary? Oh yeah. Yeah. We like, you know, we set our, we set up shop in Africa and we teach the kids how to play American football. And you're like, huh? Yeah. So how's that missions work? Yeah. You have a church there? No, well, they no, share, no. They, sh- they do a Bible study though before every practice. Yeah, is that I mean, people are church. people are uh, being converted. Yeah, but no, no local church. No this local is church. A, yeah, it's a it's a it's a huge component of what missions is. Right, uh, and I think it's uh, you know to just to say it's evangelism uh, falls short, right? Yeah, well, and it, I think some ways maybe social media is added to that. There's a glamour to a lot of those things. And I mean, I think it's forever been there in missions, at least as long as the slideshow has existed, Yes, you know, where you want to show pictures and and missions agencies sometimes want to hear numbers, how many converts and all that. But I think the reality of church work, it just isn't very glamorous many times because you're just settling in, you know, to minister, to train, to evangelize. And so, you know, it doesn't always give you a great slideshow mm-hmm. like some of those other ministries do. And mm-hmm. so I think it can, you know, there can be less of an attraction sometimes to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Well, so, yeah, so just to kind of like wrap up our thought then. So missions is churches helping church and missionaries are men centered on the local church. 
And then, you know, a part of your, in being in a church, whether you be, whether you're in leadership on the missions team or not, right. I think it's important to realize the expectations of a missionary, at least even what your church is looking for. And so, um, you know, I wasn't trying to knock, not completely. Look, if, if there's a church out there that wants to support soccer guy, you know, I do pray that, that he would bring people to Christ. You know, it's just, uh, for me, because it's so removed from local church, it's hard for me to want to get behind those, those ministries. Not that I want them to, to fail. It's just hard for me to get excited about that kind of work when, especially because scripture is clear. The church is the disciple making engine you know, that the Holy Spirit uses the church to make disciples. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't use a baseball camp or a soccer camp as the primary, right? Go into all the world and set up gladiators. Hmm. Is that how that would have read? Yeah. <laughs> now, if, if Scotty was from a, a local church that, that was a disciple-making church and their, sure. their local church, you know, he Scotty just happens to love soccer, loves kids, and loves sharing the gospel. Dude, Scotty, go for it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, like, you know, we wouldn't call him a missionary necessarily, but maybe growing up to be uh, an awesome churchman who one day could be a missionary. Uh, yeah. But, like, you know, still, he's part of a local church, and we, our goal is to get those kids into church at some point and uh, yeah. become churchmen themselves. Yeah, I think that's the difference. If it's a local church putting on something to reach people. There's a part of me. It's like, you know what? I don't question, you know, sometimes you hear, you know, uh, different STMs doing different things for different short-term mission teams, doing different things for different churches. And you kind of sit there and go like, wow, why are they doing that? But then you realize in that culture, in that context, it makes a lot of sense. And you see how they use it as kind of a vehicle for, for reaching the community and establishing relationships that they might not have if they didn't do that, that kind of ministry. So, I know for like Chris Brackett, they run an English camp in Croatia, which is really huge. And that allows them a week to get to know those kids, to get to know parents as they're dropping off their kids and picking their kids up. You know, they come back, you know, they're, they've had, you know, the older brother, the younger brother that, you know, they've had all five kids roll through their English camp. And so they know, they know the whole family. And so you can see where those, like those things are helpful. And so I think even in thinking about missions, want to be clear that, we're not trying to ever nitpick an event or a ministry that they do. It's we're looking at this at a philosophical level, right? You know, and so even for Cornerstone, we're going to have taco, the taco night. Amen. Well, taco night is not there just to put tacos in it. It's, it's a part of the fellow trying to foster fellowship among the church and understanding that ministry happens when your fellowship is stronger. Right. And so when you're, when you're actually friends with people, it's amazing. You can minister to people better. And so, you know, you, you want to be careful to me. I always want to really want to be careful nitpicking other churches in that way too, because you know, the, the outreach in, in crapping Croatia is vastly different than the outreach in Las Vegas, yeah. Nevada. And so, you know, people, people, when we first got here, were like, well, you're going door to door. Right. And I'm like, have you, like, have you seen all the doors on my street? They all say no solicitor. Like people don't want, door-to-door -door people yeah. and we've had better luck just going to the coffee shop hanging out and letting the baristas come over and hang out with you on their 15 minute break and talk to you like it's what you know so i think yeah we want to give missionaries yeah so we're freedom. not critical yeah we're not yes. we're not being critical it's just that's not our specific emphasis and we wouldn't we wouldn't like turn the ship towards that direction like we're still focusing on the men the ministry and the philosophy for us is huge. Yes. Yeah. And so I think here, here in part two, we'll, we'll ask Matt some, some spe specific questions about the missions field. But the one thing I'd kind of like to end on is just for an everyday listener, right? We're not, I mean, I really do not like making the distinction between, you know, staff elder, like staff elders, elders, and, and churchmen. So um, the reality is, you know, you know, sometimes the elders spend more time on an issue because we're fully invested in it. You know, we're paid, we're basically paid to devote all of our time to this. So that does create, that does create a little bit of sometimes distinction, but you know, for, for anybody who's involved in the church, my encouragement would be to, to step up with your family, talk to your spouse, talk to your kids and make missions important to your family. So realize that it's not just, oh, I'm glad we have a missions team and that's just something they do, or, oh, I'm glad the elders think about the missionaries. 
like have kind of a mindset of, you know what, like being a part of the local church is being a part of missions. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things we actually did as a church plant is I think from day one, we started to gain missionaries. Mm -hmm. Now we didn't have any, any money as a church plant to support the missionaries financially. So all we could do is say to them, any money that comes in that's earmarked missions will go to you. Uh, but but I think even that was helpful because we could make people aware pretty early on, hey, we have missionaries. This is what a church does, right? And so we never had a point where we had to look at the whole church and go, okay, now we got to turn we got to turn the ship a little bit and get you to think about missions. Like we just tried to ingrain it so that everybody understands it's a responsibility to the church. And so my, my one encouragement to everybody is adopt a missions mindset and ask yourself, how can I pray for missionaries? How can I encourage missionaries? And then how much can we give to support missionaries? And I think, you know, kind of when you talk to people, a lot of, a lot of people are like, well, you know, man, my wife and I we really can't give a lot to missions, you know, um, and we want to give to local church first because we view that as a primary responsibility. And I agree with that. Amen. Like, yep. take care of your church first. But I think what a lot of people miss is, I mean, Matt, if I came to you and said, I got 5,000 people that will give you $2 a month, you okay with that? You wouldn't say no. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to say no, right? <laughs> I mean, and that's the thing. Like, a lot of us don't realize the way God does it is, you know what? Yeah, your five bucks a month is, you know what, at the end of the day, you paid for, you bought them a pizza that year, but because you were one of 10, maybe, maybe a couple thousand people doing that, you paid for a roof over their head, a car, gas in their car, you know, food on the table, electricity, running water. You guys have running water? Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> you sometimes paid for their running water. <laughs> Sometimes you paid for the phone call to get the water to run, <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? Like you, you just don't know how God, God uses that. Hmm. And so, you know, I've heard people say, you know, I don't five bucks. Well then give up your Tuesday Starbucks and just tell yourself when you drive by Starbucks, this is for my missionaries and pray for your missionaries. Use yeah. that like really bad morning you're going to have because you didn't get your caffeine and use that to remember what it's there for. And mm. I mean, it's amazing, right? Just a little bit can go, you never know how God's going to use it. So mm. yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. all I'm saying is think about giving to missions. There you go. Yeah. And then no, just kind of as one more caveat here in Cornerstone, uh, we do actually have a specific funding, a specific account for missions. And so if you give and you earmark it missions, then it goes into the missions account to help support our missionaries. Yes. Yeah. So if you give it to general, it doesn't necessarily roll into missions. However, we do, we, we are happy to use general funds to help take care of missionaries. Yes. Yeah. I'd encourage people too to not underestimate the importance of prayer. On the one hand, like we yeah. all say that, right? We understand how important it is, but boy, when not only people pray, but when they send you those little messages, I got a text message this morning from a church. Hey, our elders prayed for you today. What a great encouragement. And so, you know, yeah. as, as people, families are praying for missionaries and then just those little communications to let them know too, that's, that's priceless. No, mm. oh, oh, that, yeah. Yeah. I know you've talked about too, encouraging of having notes given. And so, yeah, I think that's, you know, it's been, it's been good to, to talk to you in the missions team because to think about how can we encourage support and financially give. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that that was kind of maybe uh, maybe we, maybe this is a part two part, but you know to realize that each missionary may need something different from your local church as well. Yeah, you know if you're if you're a local church with a lot of seasoned elders on your elder board, your elders may be able to help that minute that that missionary with like local ministry issues, right? And so that I think that's why developing that relationship is so important. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that would be phase three of this podcast, right? Of this discussion. <laughs> We've gone from defining missions to talking about what he should be to a little bit of what, sh how should I be? Mm -hmm. And that's where I would even just encourage you. Like um, when your missionaries are in town, ask, ask your church, Hey, what, what events are we holding to where I can get to know the missionaries 
and then go get to know them. And if the church looks and says, we're not, we don't have any event, ask them, can we host one? Can we open up our house? You know, and that's, that's been some of our sweetest time of having fellowships with our missionaries where, where they do end up showing us a slideshow Mm -hmm. uh, because some things never change. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And we, we try to, we try to provide brisket uh, and other food that is not prevalent in their parts of the world. And, uh, try to have a good time and let the kids fellowship. And, uh, I know it's, it's one of those things too. It's, I, I mean, you probably see it Well, your kids are probably super encouraged by the friendships they develop with other kids in the church. Yeah, no, it's been great. And I think, you know, one of the things that'll stick out for my kids, some of them, it's the food, but beyond that is when kids at the church reached out to them and just oh, yeah. welcome them in. Like that's, that's huge. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the part maybe we don't always think about either. Huh? Yeah. 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 Yeah, because especially when you're in the States, I mean, that means your kids are, you know, they're getting jostled around quite a bit, and yeah. they're supposed to be on their best behavior all the time when <laughs> you're in front of church and all that, so, yeah. Right, right. Yep. <laughs> we, we know what that's like. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. Am I are missing we, anything on this I one? Think, no, I think that's, I think it's a, this is a good stopping point, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. On to bar two. Yeah, I always have more to say, yeah. but man, yeah. I I mean, I could lead us into a bunch of rabbit holes, but we don't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're we're not ready to be Joe Rogan yet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we will see you again here, in part two. And uh, if, again, if you have any questions, comments, or cries of outrage or shock, feel free to uh, email us or text us and let us know. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. So. Uh, We pray this helps you think about missions and think about how to support missions. Uh, And we'll be back with part two.